0: So what do you want for Christmas this year? Anybody been asked that question already or maybe asked someone in your family that question? I wonder, down through the centuries, how many times has that question been asked? How many young faces have just lit up when they were asked that question, what do you want for Christmas? Um, It seems to me that people are more eager this year than ever before to jump into everything Christmas. Have you noticed this? I mean, lights were going up faster. Trees were going up earlier. Uh, It seems that there's just more energy this year around the whole Christmas thing in light of what the last couple of uh, years have been like. And uh, I'm pretty sure that Black Friday sales started in September this year. You know, I mean, it's been nuts how... Everything has been gearing up, and so there's a lot of energy and and a lot of enthusiasm around Christmas and things being more, quote-unquote, normal this year, whatever normal is. And so, with all that in mind, we're starting a new series called All I Want for Christmas. But it's not going to be talking about the latest gadget or the newest electronic. We're going to be talking about some things much deeper than that. Uh, but, but I wonder, you know, what, what is it that you would really ask for for Christmas? Not necessarily just a physical gift, but what is it that you really want for Christmas uh, this year? And so we're going to do something that, that we've never done before as we jump into a series. We're actually going to uh, have different voices every week. And so next week, I'm looking forward to uh, coming up on stage with our elders and letting them share from some of their insights about what is most meaningful about Christmas to them the following week. Stephen's going to share with us, then Taylor will, and then I'll be back again for the candlelight services and that kind of thing. But I'm kind of excited about that. So as we're talking about different aspects of Christmas and what is most meaningful to us, you get to hear from several different people about what they want for Christmas or what they value most in Christmas. And so before I tell you what I want for Christmas... Let me just share with you a little bit of background and catch you up to speed. A lot of you know this uh, already, but the last two and a half years have been a little bit crazy for us. In June of 2019, our youngest daughter uh, was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer, and So uh, in addition to the significant pain that she was experiencing, she started taking a lot of really strong medicine that did all kinds of crazy things to her body and, uh, you know, made her um, just not feel so great. Uh, On top of that, uh, all of that happened the summer before her senior year of high school. So you've got senior year adding into that. And then uh, COVID hit in early 2020. And so in addition to concerns about our own immediate family, now there are concerns about the church family and what is ministry going to look like in an environment that none of us were prepared for and hadn't experienced before and so now we have to figure out how do we do ministry online and you know how do we keep people safe and what are mask policies going to be and when is it okay for people to come back together all this stuff there's just a lot of of difficult decisions, and by the way, we have an amazing staff that helped navigate through that. We have an incredible team of volunteers who stepped up during that season and really just carried us through and are still doing just a a bang-up job on everything, and I'm so grateful for that, Uh, but all of that happened, and then in uh, May of 2020, our oldest daughter began nursing school at Texas Tech, and so uh, she'd already done her first couple of years of schooling there and then jumped in with nursing school during COVID, and so nursing school is hard enough as it is, but you can imagine doing everything virtually and not being able to have hands-on, you know, interaction with things and not being able to have face-to-face conversations with professors, so, you know, we're trying to help her navigate through that, and then in August of 2020, Our youngest, who uh, was not feeling so great, went off to college, went to College Station, uh, had to do all of her classes virtually. Freshman year, so not feeling well, virtual classes, very little interaction, not a lot of social stuff going on at that time. And so, you know, making connections and things like that was challenging. And so I I just say, I'll say 2020 was quite the stressful year. And then it kind of carried over in 2021 because uh, as Autumn started her spring semester, again, she still wasn't feeling great. And so wrapping up the second semester of college was challenging. We made a few uh, unplanned visits just to kind of get her over the hump when she wasn't feeling well physically or uh, just, just did stuff that she was dealing with. And so um, that, that was a bit stressful. And then we were reminded that thankfully, not all stress is bad, right? There are good stresses in life as well. And so we got to experience one of those when in March of this year, my future son-in-law proposed to our oldest daughter, Brooke, and so now, add a good stress to the already full plate, and that is, we had a wedding to help plan, and now are about two and a half weeks away from, as it's coming together, but uh, it's, I, I just share all that with you to say, it's been a crazy two and a half years, and, and you have similar stories of what it's been like, and so maybe it's not a surprise for me to say, all I want for Christmas is peace, just a little peace. We need that. We desperately need that. Our family desires that and and, and needs that. And and I'll tell you this, we've experienced that in remarkable ways over the last two and a half years. As crazy as as things have been, and this isn't just preacher talk, y'all. This is the truth. There has been an unbelievable underlying peace through all of the, the stress and challenge and difficulty. And I know many of you know exactly what I'm talking about because even through difficult seasons in your life, you've experienced the peace of God. And I think that's where we need to start today is, is, is start with this idea of peace. And I'm throwing it out of whack, by the way, if you're following the Advent uh, topics of, of the next several weeks. We're going to begin with peace just in light of the last couple of years that we've had and talk about what that looks like From Scripture, and you know, with a few exceptions, I don't know all the details of what's going on in your life, but I suspect that there are some areas that that you could use a little peace in. Am I right? We all need peace. It's interesting to see the impact that the last couple of years has had on so many different people. I found some interesting statistics from January to June of 2019. So this is pre-COVID. 11% of adults reported symptoms of anxiety uh, disorder and or major depressive disorder. So 11%. In 2021, January of 2021, that number was 41.1%. If you look at those under the, the age of 50, it's even higher. Those ages 18 to 24, classified usually as young adults... 56.2% reported uh, some type of of symptom of anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder. And it was 48.9% for those 25 to 49. So half of adults under the age of 50 are reporting symptoms of major anxiety or depressive disorder. Uh, Those who lost jobs during the pandemic uh, reported symptoms of mental health at a rate of 53% compared to 32% with those who had no job or income loss. And by the way, the lower the household income, the greater the impact of the stress on particular families. Uh, And one of the things, too, that was interesting is that women reported higher rates of anxiety and depression than men uh, and communities of color were hit harder and often have less access to mental health care Than others. And so uh, you can see where this is just creating a a really difficult situation. Uh, Those who are classified as essential workers reported that they started or increased substance abuse at a rate of 25%. Compare that to 11% of non essential workers. Suicidal thoughts for those uh, who are essential workers 22%. Reported that they struggle with suicidal thoughts compared to 8% of non essential workers. So I, I just I share some of those things just to say I, I don't have to convince you that the last couple of years has been challenging and that we need to experience God's peace. And so let's open our Bibles today to Luke chapter 2. We're going to go just right to one of the most traditional passages that, that we uh, like to, to read at Christmas time. And uh, uh, the, the background of this is that the shepherds were out in the fields at night watching their flocks, and then an angel appeared to them and scared the pants off of them. That's my translation a little bit. I think it says they were terrified, but that's basically what happened. It scared them flat to death. And then let's pick it up in verse 13. It says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, listen to this, peace, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the heavenly host who appeared after this initial announcement of the coming of the Messiah, they said that two things were coming. As a result of the Messiah's birth, there were two things. One was glory to God in the highest. And the second was peace on earth to those on whom God's favor rests. It's that second one that we're going to focus on today. Uh, one of the two things that he points out there was a, a reason for Jesus coming was to bring peace. But I also want you to notice that that took some response on the part of the shepherds, right? When they received this message, they didn't just sit around and talk about it, they didn't debate. What do you think the angel meant when he said this? Or they didn't try to share some insight from the angel's message that maybe somebody else picked, you know, didn't pick up on. They actually did something with the message. In fact, it says in verse 16 that they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. You sense some urgency here. They hear the message that the Messiah has come, but they didn't just stop there. They went and found him. They they had a personal encounter with Jesus. And so that leads me to the first thing that I want us to see when it comes to peace, is that peace comes from knowing Jesus. Pretty simple and straightforward, but peace comes from knowing Jesus. The shepherds weren't changed forever because an angel appeared to them. They weren't changed forever just because they had heard a message about the coming of the Messiah. They were changed forever because they met Jesus. Now, there's nothing specifically in this passage that says, you know, they trusted in him as the Messiah, as their Savior, but their reaction would indicate to us that that's exactly what took place. The fact that they ran off, you know, eager to tell other people and praising God for what they had experienced would indicate that this was more than just a casual, hey, we observed something cool today. This seemed to be a life-changing, you know, they're, they're believing in this Messiah that they have found. And you know, that's an important distinction to make because it's not enough just to hear the message about Jesus. Frankly, some of us maybe have heard the message. Maybe some have heard the message your entire life and you know it backwards and forwards. And, you know, maybe you've grown up in a home where you were taught uh, about Christ. Maybe you know all that there is to know, or I don't know, we ever know all there is to know, but you know the basics. Maybe. All it is at this point is knowledge. Maybe it's not translated into anything personal. You know, it's one thing to be taught about Jesus, to know information. It's another thing to know Him personally. You know, my mind went all the way back. I don't even want to think about how many years ago now. When I was in college, probably right around, well, I started to say 30. That's being way too generous. It was more than that. More than 30 years ago when I was uh, taking a class, uh, probably somewhere in that range, um, taking Spanish in college, and I don't remember a whole lot of what I learned. Just I, I do remember a little bit, and uh, but but one thing that I do remember was the emphasis that our teacher made on the difference between two. Spanish verbs that, that can be translated as to know. You know, that's one of the things about makes the English language sometimes hard is that we will translate a certain word with one English word, and it may be three, four, five, even scripturally, you know, like love's a great example of that. You know, you've probably heard that before. There are like four different Greek words that are translated as love. And so it's like, which one does this actually mean? And one of the things that I do remember about my Spanish class is there was a difference between the words saber and conocer. One meaning to, to know information, so I'm here to know facts, such as I know that 2 plus 2 equals 4. But connoisseur, meaning I, I have a, a relational knowledge. If I said I know Jackie, that, that would be that verb, not, not just factual information, but it's a relational knowledge. That's exactly what, what we see in, in Scripture. When I'm talking about knowing Jesus, I'm not talking about just knowing stuff. I'm talking about the, the, the relationship there. These shepherds went and did something with it. They went and met Jesus. They had an interaction with Jesus. And so, just right out of the bat, most obvious question for us today. Do you have that type of relational knowledge of Jesus? Has there been a time in your life where you've come to trust him? Where you've said, I'm going to put my trust in you as my Messiah. Not just the Messiah, but as my Savior, my Messiah who came To save me from my sins. That's exactly why Jesus came. And so do you know him that way? Do you have a relationship? And and if not, what's holding you back? Why not? Why not put your trust in Christ? Uh, He's done everything for us. And so we just simply need to respond. I remember the peace that that brought into my life. When I first came to know Jesus as a high school student and Um, you know a little bit of of my background and what Christmas was like for me as a child we had a tradition in our neighborhood there were some friends of ours that would host a Christmas Eve party every year and so everybody would gather at this one house and the kids would kind of hang out together and the adults would hang out together and I remember I liked it because they had a pool table upstairs and so we'd go upstairs and the kids would play pool and actually it was one of my friends I was over at their house from time to time it wasn't like the only time of year but there was just always something special you know about people being together and folks that you don't normally see and I always enjoyed that and that was a really special memory of Christmas Eve and then after we went to that party at the Browns house then we would always go to a candlelight service at church and that was just part of the tradition but can I just tell you that as excited as I was about the Christmas party I was not equally excited about going to a church service on Christmas Eve just wasn't I mean, there were some elements of it that I thought were kind of cool. And, you know, you get to sing Christmas carols, and that was always fun. But, you know, I I just... Didn't really particularly want to be there. I got excited when we got to light the candles. You remember back in the day you actually got to light real candles. We would light the candles and hold them up. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. And I would get excited about it because it was really cool. But I was also excited because that was the last thing you did. And that meant we're almost out of there. And so that was maybe more exciting than anything at the candlelight service. But I'm just telling you that my mindset wasn't so much that Christmas is all about knowing Jesus until I came to know him, and then something changed. Now, I, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that once I came to know Jesus, that I didn't care anymore about you know, opening presents on Christmas morning and some of the other things that go along. You know, th- those things were still important to me, but I do remember that there was a priority shift. Yeah, it, it was no longer all about that. There, there was something much deeper, something much more meaningful about the Christmas season. And really, the best way I can describe that And probably the one thing that I look back on and I say, this is how I know that I know that I know uh, that Christ lives inside of me, just from an experiential standpoint, is God brought me peace. That's what He does. He brings peace into our lives. He fills those voids in us. But that peace comes from knowing Him, personally knowing Him. Not just knowing information, but personally knowing Him. But then the second thing... that that I want you to see is, you know, it comes from from knowing Christ, but also peace is connected to God's presence in our lives. Peace is connected to God's presence. We come to know Jesus one time in, in, in faith. We trust him. But then if we want to continue to experience ongoing peace, then we have to stay connected to his presence. I think about what Jesus said In John 14, 26 and 27, this is interesting. It says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. And then he says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, let me just... First of all, admit, verse 27 is really the one I was after when I was thinking about this, where Jesus said, peace I give you, and my peace not as the world gives. That, That was the original thought I was after because it made me think about how when Jesus said, I do not give as the world gives, worldly peace is absence of conflict, right? Or worldly peace is kind of like everything is going well in my life. God's peace is different from that, as we said a moment ago. God's peace can rest on us even in the most stressful difficult seasons of our lives Um, so that was really kind of more where my mind was in looking that up and I have to confess that I had forgotten that that verse that verse 27 comes right on the heels of Jesus saying that the Holy Spirit is coming do you notice that he says I'm going to send this counselor to you this advocate who will be there for you and the Holy Spirit in us is how we experience the presence of God on a daily basis when we trust in Christ Bible tells us that that the Spirit uh, we, gives us a deposit becomes our deposit guaranteeing our inheritance so the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us so as we stay connected to the Holy Spirit in us that that connects us to the presence of God and that's how we experience peace now we definitely are living in challenging times right now. I shared my story at the beginning. I'm sure you have a similar story in your own life of things that you're going through. But God's peace is available to you and to me right now. When we say things like, you know, all I want for Christmas is peace, that's a gift that you can have. There's no secret to it if we just trust in Him, if we stay connected to His presence then we will experience His peace. But here's the problem. A lot of times when we go through challenging times, we tend to, to withdraw from those very things that help us stay connected to the presence of God. Have you ever noticed that? You stop reading your Bible as much. You stop spending as much time in prayer. You remove yourself from other believers around you and kind of become more isolated and so the, the things that we're doing at a time when we need to be the most connected to the presence of God is often when we remove ourselves more from God's presence. And so I just want to encourage you in that to, to, to go the other way when times are challenging. Lean into those things that help you stay connected to God's presence. And then that leads me to the last thing that I, that I want to share with you today, and, and that is that Following God's commands is what causes His peace to remain. I mean, as we stay connected to God's presence, and we've looked at this in 1 John, as we have been in 1 John for for several weeks previously, and it talks about how following God's commands is how we know that we belong to Him and all that. that. That's also how we experience His peace. I was in Isaiah 48 this week, just in my devotional time, and I came across a verse that I thought fit really well here. Isaiah 48, 18 says, If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your well-being like the waves of the sea. And then in the very next chapter, um, God promises his people that he's going to restore them again. They're calling out to him. They're crying out to him. Uh, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. But God assures them that he could no more forget them than a mother who nursed a child at her breast could forget that child. He's saying, there's no way. I have not forsaken you. I have not forgotten you. And he's he's promising to restore their peace. But right before that, he just says, look, if, if you had just paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river. You see, sometimes the reason that we don't experience peace has nothing to do with what God has done. It has to do with the fact that we have turned away from Him. That we have chosen a different path. And when we are not following God's path, when we are not following God's commands, then we are robbing ourselves of peace. I think of it in terms of something like a storm shelter. You know, if there's a massive storm going on in this part of the world, we know about those kinds of things uh, and what can happen, you know, hail and tornadoes and all that kind of stuff. But if you're inside a shelter, you're pretty well protected. And my mind went to Psalm 91, 1 and 2, and it says this, uh, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So three different words there. He talks about shelter, he talks about rest, and he talks about fortress. So that tells me that God is our protection. He is our shelter. We can can find refuge when we... Get underneath God's shelter, which another way of saying that is when we are following God's commands, when we, when we are, are pursuing what He desires, it allows us the benefit of being underneath God's shelter for our lives. But if we choose to step outside of that shelter, then we expose ourselves to the elements around us, right? Right? It's kind of like that one guy, you know, you always see these videos of the guy where there's a tornado and it's like 83 feet away from him. And he's like, look at this, this is awesome, you know. And he's like, oh, look, he just picked up that tractor trailer and just threw it across the street, you know. And his wife's in the background going, you fool, get inside. You know what I'm talking about, right? You've seen these videos. The guy steps outside into the middle of the storm because he wants to get some video. Not a good decision. And sometimes we just we make really foolish decisions if we just step outside of the protection. I'm gonna tell you if you get hit by flying debris or you get picked up and, and whisked off by that tornado because you stepped outside of the shelter, that's on you, right? That's not God's fault. There was a shelter there to provide protection. If we don't use it, we don't use it. Now, I know that analogy breaks down and sometimes things happen in storms and people don't have the opportunity to have a shelter. But I'm just saying, if you have that in place and you choose to step outside of it or I choose to step outside of it, that's on us. God provides the protection, but we need to stay inside the shelter. Thankfully, though, God is a God of grace. And I'll be the first one to say sometimes I, I just make dumb decisions. I'm sure you do the same. And when we do, thankfully, God extends grace. He, he, he welcomes us back in. So this isn't a, hey, once you've messed up, you're done for kind of a thing. This is, no, God, God forgives, God restores, God welcomes back in. Um, but sometimes the lack of peace in our lives is just because of, foolish decisions that we've made but frankly sometimes it's not right sometimes there are things that come into our lives that we have no control over there's nobody in this room that chose to go through a pandemic for the last year and a half right we didn't choose that you didn't choose that health crisis that you're walking through right now there are things that come into our lives that we have no control over but there are some things that we do have control over. And we can, we can protect ourselves from an awful lot simply by finding shelter in God in the midst of the storm. But I want you to remember that peace isn't some you know, external thing that you receive. Peace is found in a person. Peace is found in a relationship with Jesus. That's where peace comes from. And so it's our connection to God that allows us to experience peace. So as we begin what most people, I guess, consider to be the beginning of the Christmas season now, although we've got an awfully early start this year, I guess now is when we officially kick it off. I just want to encourage you to pour into that relationship with God. I want to encourage you to pursue Him with all of your heart because He will give you peace. Times are probably going to get a little crazy over the next few weeks. I know they are in our household. This is going to be the craziest December we've ever had, in a good way. Um, but God wants to bring peace. You can look for substitutes in other areas. And there are things that will temporarily dull the pain. You know, Drugs, alcohol, relationships, money, whatever. You name it. You've tried it, maybe. And you know that temporarily maybe it'll dull the pain, but it it doesn't last. It's not a solution. The only real solution, the only real lasting peace that we can find is through Christ. So I just want to encourage you to to dive in headfirst into that relationship. Why not look for peace in the one whose title is the Prince of Peace? Let's pray. Lord, today... I thank you for the peace that you bring. I thank you for the shelter that you are, for those that take refuge in you. And I pray that we do that today. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.